2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel, joined by Damon McDonald. It is Sunday, the 5th of February. This is episode 245. Uh, let's start you off with this one, uh, Damon. Liam says If you had to choose three wrestlers to rob a bank with you, whom would you choose? Uh, Nick
0: Cage, right? <laughs> I mean, he has experience, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Um.
2: I mean Do you think they have to be New Japan wrestlers or oh, they, no, they I mean, you Japan? Can pick pick whoever? Alright, <coughs> All right. we'll do one one non-New Japan and then one New Japan. Okay, so that's my non because
0: we have experience. Uh and he lives like less than 10 minutes away from me. National Park. Uh, a New Japan wrestler? Hmm. <sighs> I want somebody who's Uh, intimidating. I think I need somebody intimidating. Uh, Just in case anybody steps out of line. You know what I mean? So I might go Great Okan. I was going to say Badu Tito. Oh, that's a good one too. Uh, How about uh, Minoru Suzuki?
2: Who's who's a getaway driver?
0: driver? (laughs) Um, Ghetto? (laughs) Yeah, that might be a good one, actually. Yeah. I want he'd probably some- drive off without you, though. When If, if shit got bad, he'd, he'd just get yeah, out yeah. of there and I can flash. I'll <laughs> be right. Uh, who's going to drive that fucking car? I need somebody responsible. You're right. I need somebody responsible to hear. How about. <laughs> I was going to say Red Shoes Uno, but. <laughs> 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 right, right. That might be good. That one might be good.
2: Uh- he could be the point man. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but <clears throat> that just okay. sounds like a point, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever Whatever boy, his job might be it sounds, like it sounds like it's perfect for him. Uh all right, yeah. So I'll go, uh who's driving a fucking car? Um You know who I'd want to drive the car? Kevin Kelly.
2: Yeah, tell me yeah. more.
0: Because he's responsible, he's he he sees things in advance. Uh, in the sense of he could probably predict issues or challenges that we might have.
2: Uh yeah, I want that. Oh, okay, we well, have got the perfect trio there. We've got Kevin, right. Chris John, because obviously right. he would you know research the 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 bank that you're like robbing, he'd know everything, you'd know all about the security systems, how to deactivate them, and then Gino I Gambino, he's your he's the muscle.
0: Yeah. I thought you were gonna say Chris was gonna slide underneath the door. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of walk up to the safe and just be like, "Ah, oh, I can get it, no problem." Slide in the crack, I'm in. Hey, everybody!
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn!
0: <dear>. No. <clears throat> All right, man. Um, I mean, it's a good one. That's not a bad one. That's not a bad one. I like that. Why are we robbing banks? What are we doing? Why? Why are we robbing banks? We don't need to rob banks, do we?
2: Not with all the uh, Super JCast donations and ad revenue rolling in and filling <laughs> our, our coffers. No, we...
0: hey, uh, I, I listen. I got a I got a little uh, PayPal uh, gimmick from you. So, uh, listen, I appreciate when people uh, donate, and because uh, again, we're not going to do a Patreon, uh, not on not on my watch, and not on certainly not on Joel's watch. So that's not going to happen. But uh, you know, it's nice to be financially compensated for our time and efforts and the joy we provide.
2: And the- I will say this: if yeah. if we did a Patreon, it would be fucking great, wouldn't it? Just think of oh. all the brilliant content we could come up with. But we're never going to do it. No. Yeah, you know what? But just imagine it. Just imagine how great that would be. And just take take a moment to. Feel if that we just sense talked loss, about just shit that happened. we
0: knew, yeah. If we just talked about shit that we knew and didn't. You know, this was just like, we just let it fucking go. Yeah, it would be good. It would be good. All right. Well, listen, what do you want to do? You want to do a Patreon?
2: (laughs) Absolutely not. Absolutely
0: (laughs) not. Yeah, me neither. I swear (laughs) to God, I don't. I don't. I don't have time. I don't have the time. I don't have the time. and, And here's the thing, too. Again, the commitment thing is the biggest problem. Like, if people are paying, they want content. They want shit. They want good stuff. Uh, and I don't know. I don't have the energy for it. Sorry. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't have it. And I know you don't either. So fuck that.
2: Yes, quite. Uh, let me just close the door. Mally was coming in and out of oh. the room because fuck this podcast. But- <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, let's. Uh- does she not know you do <laughs> a podcast
0: still? I mean, does she, does she have this any idea that you still? Every week we do this. All right.
2: Right, a uh, bit of unfortunate news to Uh-oh. give off the show this week, and that is the passing of and Lanny Poffo, mm. who I think, I, would it be fair to say, like, is there anyone else in New Japan Pro Wrestling history who was with the company for such a short period of time, was, you know, with all the love in the world, uniquely terrible at <laughs> the job <laughs> they were brought in to do, but are remembered with such genuine fondness for that period of <laughs> professional yeah. incompetence?
0: Yeah, it was a it was a time, wasn't it? It was a it was a time. And when we found out, we were just like, "What? Why? Why? Why?" And the fact that he had the listen, he got a free trip to Japan out of it, you know what I mean? Like that's I would do it. I would make it. I mean, you know, imagine them calling up me like, "Uh, it's it's a fucking big Japan pro wrestling. Uh, Damon, we need you to do some color commentary would you mind coming over i'd be like yeah what the fuck i don't know anybody but sure i'll make it up as i go along uh i basically do that here <laughs> um you've, you've been
2: pretending to watch all these matches yeah. that we've been discussing for the past yes. three years come on you think i sat through 36 this? minute never open weight, six man title main events of corrigan hall and clap crowds did he fuck we were just blagging that yeah. <laughs> these matches didn't even
0: exist yeah, Right? <laughs> please um he. Everybody says he's. He, everybody who's ever met him says he is uh, a good dude, or was a good dude. I say, uh, and in a in a small way, I like. I feel bad in the sense of uh, we were pretty brutal. <laughs> um, but you know, everybody says he's a good guy, and it was a, just a a wacky pairing, and. Yeah, it happened, <laughs> you know, but but yeah, I I think back and it's just like wow, that was a that was a moment. That was a fucking moment. But uh yeah, it's weird. Well he wasn't that old.
2: He was like in his fifties, right? Late fifties? Uh I think he was in his sixties, actually. Okay. All right. But there was a lovely thread on Twitter from our friend Matt Gillis who uh shared some stories that he had for traveling around Japan with land lanny so um yeah do check that out if you haven't seen it because i think it really sort of put some um you know real life context all these you know stories here what uh, a person who's widely agreed to be just a, a really a kind and a lovely man even if he was rubbish at <laughs> doing kind of college if you do japan for a wrestling but i mean that said uh some of the the things that he said are gonna live like long in the in the memory like things like champion of the british everyone says that now yeah and that that is going to be forever associated with the Red Crow title. It's going to be champion of the British, and that's because of Landy Poffo. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And speaking of which, I miss Mavs. I was like, well,
0: I haven't heard from that guy in in forever. Um, I mean, not like he talk, we talk together, or you know, he texts me or anything, but just uh, just to hear his voice, I haven't heard, I haven't heard it in a while. I think he does like minor league hockey in like I don't know Nova Scotia or so. Ah, oh, Mavs, missed you. Miss you, buddy. Um, and Lanny Poffo, the poet laureate of the World Wrestling Federation. I was watching a, uh, somebody made a montage of all his poems. You know how he would do a poem at the beginning of every fucking match? <sighs> gotta be honest with you, these poems were not good. <laughs> They're <dead. laughs> It, they,
2: they, wrestling were, and poetry doesn't mix. It you really just doesn't. Hear a wrestling fan about that one. <laughs> there is, L- there really
0: is a not a Venn diagram of the crossover between poetry fans and pro wrestling fans. Really, mix. Uh, by, the mix. But the funny thing is like McMahon, like he, and you know Howard Fink would be like, and now a poem from you know leaping Lanny Poffo, and McMahon would be like, all right, <laughs> <And> nobody's <laughs> like nobody's excited for. it. <laughs> It was McMahon trying to get it over. Ah, a poem. Ah. fucking, what a time. Ah, you maybe would be like, The demolition is full of ambition. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, everything had a rhyme, every other line. You introduce
0: that
2: as a, a segment for the Jake. That can be for, for our Patreon, this poetry corner with Joel. Yes, that's a good about Our favorite writers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that would be really good. Jay White isn't always right. <laughs>
2: How does his garden grow? Sometimes he is shite. <laughs> right,
0: <laughs> right. We're uh, really
2: good at this. You
0: know where we are.
2: Oh, are we no we, We've got. To, we've got to put this behind the paywall. All right. All We're right. Give away too much for free. Yeah, you're right. You're right.
0: You're right. You're right again. Uh,
2: lots to talk about today, right? Yes. Uh, Well, let's get into it then. So first, well, one bit of news I want to touch on today is Kota Ibushi uh, officially leaves New Japan Pro Wrestling. So they put out a a little statement on the website saying with the conclusion of his contract period on January 31st, 2023, Kota Ibushi has departed New Japan Pro Wrestling. We apologize to Ibushi's fans for the abrupt announcement and join them in wishing Ibushi the very best in all his future endeavors. And what is next for Ibushi, Well, he has been announced versus Speedball Mike Bailey for the GCW Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 9 uh, coming up at the end of March. So I think anyone who has been following the news closely, particularly the Voices of Wrestling flagship patron who have done tremendous work there in keeping abreast of this story and speaking to people in the know, that it's not a surprise that Ibushi has left New Japan. Uh, But all the same, I think it's a good opportunity to sort of look back on his time with the company. And I mean, I, I said that He's achieved everything there is to achieve in New Japan. He's wrestled pretty much everyone. So there's no real sort of sense of like, oh, you know, we really missed out on XYZ with Ibushi. And it's just one of these things where it just makes sense for all parties for him to move on and pop up in uh, wacky and cool places. And I, for one, will be interested to follow where he goes from here. Yeah, me too. You know, it was kind of –
0: you kind of saw the handwriting on the wall. I mean, we talked about it here. You know how we just couldn't see how this could be reconciled. How how could this be? I mean, and again, and it is pro wrestling and stranger things. It feels like have happened, but you know, like you just didn't see it working out. And I, I mean, I mean, he went out burning bridges. <laughs> you know, he went out on that fucking Twitter
2: and just just rattled off a lot. I mean, there was actually a, a really interesting post from. Taka Michinoku on his blog, where he was talking about what happened. And obviously, you have to take that with a, a very heavy pinch of salt because he's done his best to make him look completely innocent there. But, like, from his, the way he described it, essentially, like, he was saying, Ibushi went rogue at this uh, J2O event. And Tak was saying, No, Kota Ibushi, do not come out and accompany me to the ring. That is unprofessional. You'll get us all in trouble. And then Ibushi just like, Haha, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, So I don't know if that's exactly how it went down, but Taka did say that he felt something was off with him and felt like something had happened to him during his injury layoff. So this was prior to Ibushi getting in trouble and presumably all the the issue uh, with his mother. So it sounds like prior to that, I don't know all that time on the shelf with the shoulder injury, what else was going on, but... um, you know, hopefully he can put all that behind him because I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm sad that he won't wrestle for New Japan anymore. You know, never say never. I'm not ruling out the possibility of him coming back when uh, you know, it's all blown over. If there's, um, you know, interesting, I was going to say money to be made, but he's not a person who seems particularly motivated by money. He just, I think he's a, a bit of a free spirit who wants to do things that he finds uh, creatively fulfilling. And yeah, hopefully he can do more of that. Yeah, and I can appreciate that. There's
0: nothing wrong with that, but you know, look, let's be honest here. We all kind of knew he was a little bit of a strange bugger, right? <laughs> you know, he's he kind of marched to his own tune. Um Yeah, and and he kind of showed that in space. Look, the this is what he is. You know, he is a guy who will flourish under those type of working conditions of you know going to whatever promotion he wants wrestling in wacky matches wrestling in in complete you know a putting air quotes serious matches whatever you know whatever the the mood strikes him um he's very good he's he's fucking tremendous pro wrestler just you know he's just one of those guys that just likes to do what he likes to do uh, that's about the, as far as i can go um New Japan, yeah, I, I, oh, you know, he might show up at a big show or even a small show. He would probably be more likely to show up at some fucking random spot show <laughs> than Wrestle Kingdom, um, just because of who he is. Um, but yeah, it's a little sad. But yeah, he did. I mean, I guess the only thing people pined for was you know him and Kenny kind of going doing their thing. But I mean, aside from that, what else? You're right. What else? What else do you want him to do for New Japan? He did everything. It's fine.
2: All right. Well, let's get on to discussing the new beginning in Sapporo. So we had two nights of this, uh, Saturday and Sunday, February 4th and 5th at the Hokkaido Prefectural Sports Centre. Now, first of all, I think it's important that we discuss the fact that we had cheering back for these shows. Of course, this is not the first show that had cheering, but now this is sort of the line in the sand we're going forward There are going to be no crowd restrictions, no seating restrictions, no cheering restrictions, apart from having to wear masks, but that doesn't seem to be too much of a hindrance. So Stuart says, do you think these two shows got elevated due to the cheering crowds? And Jack says, is Nuge officially fucking back? Yes,
0: I would say. And, uh, I mean, what was the first question? Uh, Cheering crowd, what?
2: I did it Did the cheering improve oh. the quality of the show. So I mean, of course it did. Yes. I mean, and everyone that, you know, that's a no brainer, but yeah, it does feel that we can put all the shenanigans and, and bollocks of the last three years behind us. And yeah, this yep. felt like a coming out party for new Japan, didn't it?
0: Yep. We could put it in a box and fucking bury it because I think we, we are, we are back. Um, I will say this, that if the crowd... Uh, listen, the crowds, crowds are going to help any show. Uh, can you imagine this show as a uh, clap crowd or a
2: silent crowd? <laughs> right? Uh, well, they did a good impersonation of one during certain parts of certain matches. But- <laughs> we'll get on to that right. later. <laughs> right. That is absolutely correct. But, uh, yeah, it's good.
0: I mean, it feels... I mean, people are traveling, people are going, um, I don't know if, if, I mean, hopefully we don't look, I don't, I, I, in my lifetime, there has not, not been a period of time that has been weirder than that. Like it's just a weird fucking time and a very, I don't know, just a, Woof! <laughs> i mean i can't wait for the book to come out because, <laughs> because what a fucking what a what a like if you just if you just t- man, whatever we talked about that a million times who f- fucking cares it's yes we're done and i and i'm very happy to say that we are
2: yes yeah, so if there's anything more boring than talking about clap crowds it's talking oh, about the end of right. clap crowds so let, let's crack on uh, i don't think it is worth discussing these shows match by match because the undercards were just mainly setting up stuff that's going to be happening in New Beginning in Osaka. So we'll have a full preview of that later in this show. So let's jump straight on to talking about the sixth match, which was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match, where the champions, Catch 2-2, Francesco Akira and TJP, successfully defended their titles against just two guys, Doki and... Sorry, Dorky. Some people are getting upset with my pronunciation of... Doki, Dookie, Dukai, fuck off, uh, <laughs> in uh, 18 minutes and, and 24 seconds. So I I love this match. I yeah. really love this one. The, like the pairings, the chemistry, like TJP and Kanemaru together, and Akira and Doki, those two sequences were great for different reasons. Like I like, would really love to see a pair of singles matches, like put them in the same blocks together in Best of the Super Juniors. Like they told such a great story here of the wily veteran Kanemaru taking apart the knee of TJP, which he'd been doing in the road two matches, as I mentioned last week, and that threw off catch two, two synergy. And I'm always going to love a match where Kanemaru is the focal point, especially against a guy like TJP. These are two absolute pros. You know, they're, they're the masters at this kind of psychology. They can, they can do it in their sleep. And, you know, you really noticed the crowd energy during that figure four spot. There was genuine drama created from a spot that, you know, would have been dead during the clap crowd. And just the little moments where that knee work paid off, like when they were trying to do the leaning tower and that collapsed uh, due to TJP's bad knee. That always gets an extra quarter star from me when you do things like that and pay off that limb work. Uh, I like the little callbacks to the Wrestle Kingdom, the inside cradle finish. And just the running theme in this match. It was a great story. Like it didn't have any of the sort of spectacular flippy do stuff that their wrestle kingdom match did. Right. But this was the story that their moves that usually win matches was falling apart because of TJP's injured knee. And I thought his selling was outstanding throughout the match. And you know, this is the only way that they were going to make just two guys look like a credible threat. As I mentioned in last week's preview, and it really worked here. Like the, the, the crowd energy was fantastic for the, Doki and Akira near-fall sequences towards the ends. They got me to bite on those near-falls. They did a really good job with that. And uh, Akira, man, he's so good. He's improving each time I see him. His confidence is through the roof. He just bumps like a madman. That bump he took for the daybreak. He's, he's just got that great ability to completely ragdoll. Yeah. And I felt it was structured in a great way to sort of tap into Akira's innate baby face charisma, despite him normally being a healer. And I think he is better as a sort of annoying scrappy dude. Prick heel, but this match really put the spotlight on him in the closing stretch where he essentially had to finish off Doki by himself, which we haven't seen from Catch Two. They usually end up matches with double team finishers. So, you know, it did make me consider the future potential upside of Akira as a singles wrestler, and and I really like what I saw here. But either way, fantastic match. I can't say enough good things about the elevation of the junior tag division in the last nine months. I thought Doki and and Kanemaru were tremendous challengers, just a, a fantastically laid out match. Made everyone look good. Uh, and quite honestly, I think it was probably the best junior tag match I've seen for years. And wow. That's a pretty high bar given how good it's been recently. I, I thought this was great. I did
0: too. I really liked it. I, it was one of my favorite matches of the weekend. Um, and you're right. It wasn't a match where, you know, going into it, you're kind of thinking, well, you got at least three guys that are going to go crazy with, you know, flippy do," as we like to say. Um, I mean, Doki did it. Did you see that one fucking dive he did? Where he, he... I'm telling you, he just landed right on his head. Yeah, and he gets up. It's unbelievable. I was like, holy shit, he's dead. Nope. Uh, Yeah, but there wasn't, like, uh, like a ton of that. And again, that played into the story of the match. Um, I Yeah, I don't know where I would put it, but, like, when it comes to junior tag matches in the past, whatever, five years, three years. But it was really good. Like, honestly... I, I, the closing stretch was, was fucking great. And I mean, I think this, uh, of the weekend, this, I, this would be on my list of go out of your way to say, you know what I mean? Like, I think this, and, and it lived up to the hype, but then in, in a completely different fashion, which, which, which totally impressed me because again, I'm going into it thinking, all right, we're just going to see a lot of, uh, Awesome moves with Z. And we saw some, but not like, you know, not like a car crash. It was really smart and really well laid out. Yes, I a thousand percent agree. And I a thousand percent agree that these tag title matches, these junior tag title matches, are some of the the best stuff on shows, period. Um, and you're right. There are times where it feels like they forget that these titles exist and the, the promotion, but with Catch Two Two, it's it's they're going out of their way to make sure people tune into their matches. Let's put it that way. Um, they 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 are making it exciting, and even like the, the, the even some of the challengers are 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 making it happen as well. But. Look, as long as they are holding those titles, I I'm, I'm all in on the junior tag division.
2: I Totally agree. Okay, seventh match here was Will Osprey defeating Tai Chi in 22 minutes 47 seconds. Now, first thing first, they've got to change Tai Chi's entrance video because every time Miho Abe pops up on that graphic, I feel very sad that she's not with Tai Chi anymore. A oh, little tear rolling down my cheek. Yeah, why but is, again, that? why is that? Why is that? Has that ever been explained? Uh, yeah, it was in the backstage stuff around the time that Suzuki-gun were dissolving. Um, oh, okay. You know, she, they, they said they were going to part ways oh. from that point on, which is sad. But, you know, this is the, the rebirth of Taichi. And symbolically, you know, he's wearing white in this uh, as he made his entrance. That's wrestling shorthand for I want you to fuck me. <laughs> very horny color. <laughs> You know, you're going to yeah. get a good, good horny match when <laughs> one guy has got the special white gear. It also made him look a bit like an evil warlock, which, uh, you know, to me, that's a plus. So. Man, I'm trying not to talk too much about the crowd stuff, but just hearing that let's go Taichi chant, just hook that straight to my veins for a (laughs) long list of reasons. And I just thought it was a fun exercise to compare the last singles match that these guys had. I believe it was the last singles match at the 2017 Best of the Super Juniors uh, where it was, you know, single cam. It was about 12 minutes long. Osprey's the baby face. As soon as the bell rings, he's getting choked with uh, the mic stand. They're doing a walk and brawl. But now... What is this? Six years later, Osprey is this powerhouse bully, just beating the piss out of Tai Chi with, the, with this real gritty physicality. Like if you told me that in 2017 that this is what we'd be getting in 2023, I would not have believed you. And the the Kawada stuff was playing heavily into this match. The kick exchange uh, with obviously Kawada being Tai Chi's mentor and him, you know, symbolically fighting for the pride of uh, of his mentor. And like honestly. I think Osprey and Taichi are two of the best, pure strikers, I hate that phrase, but, but two of the best strikers in the roster. Like they, they can hit each other so crisply and cleanly and it sounds like it fucking hurts. Uh, and, and they tapped into a bit of that dumb pissing contest energy of the Taichi Ibushi uh, Budokan G1 match when when they were kicking each other. And here they were just kicking each other in the tits as hard as they could, which was very fun to watch. And I've talked about this before. Like Taichi's so good at, at projecting... The, uh, the, the quiet stoicism of uh, a proud warrior in a way that, you know, people normally associate with a guy like Hiroki Goto, but actually Taichi does it much, much better. Just the little touches like him eating a load of kicks and then standing up, being ready to stay, take the next one. But then the pain catches up to him and the adrenaline's wearing off and he doubles up in agony. And this is the thing with Taichi, he isn't always going to win. He's not going to win a big one. And he's going to go out on his shield though. And, you know, of course uh, he busted out the what's he calling it? The Sankan power bomb, the Ganso bomb, which Osprey suffered like absolute death. It does look like a move that would legit cripple a man. And, <laughs> and as the match uh, moved on to the parts where Taichi was, uh, you know, in the ascendancy and had the, he had the crowd in the palm of his hand there. Of course he's the hometown guy, but I was just soaking it all in, you know, uh, it's just feels it very novel to me. And, is giving these matches a significant bump, as I'm sure it does for the wrestlers too. Like you can see they're feeding off that energy and, and putting in a bit of extra effort as well. And as we moved into the business end of the match, the the sequences, the counters were so creative. There was really impactful. Like we didn't get any of the usual finisher reversal dance stuff that plagues a lot of these uh, main event tier matches. It felt like two guys genuinely trying to, Batter each other. Uh, I was talking to Jay Michael about this earlier, and he said there was, there was no standing around waiting for a move. They either avoided the move or did something to make that, that waiting time seem natural. And that just really enhanced my enjoyment of this. And Osprey's flying hidden blade to the face, it, oh. like it's so visually spectacular. I, I was almost thinking that it should have ended the match because there was one sort of about, about three minutes before the match actually finished. And it's a move that looks like it should be taking people's heads off. It's just absolutely devastating and the the fighting spirit from Taichi just perfectly encapsulated towards the end where he's literally walking into the elbows of Osprey like a zombie just brilliant timing and execution of Taichi's counter elbow the Hakuho elbow and then Osprey's counter counter spinning elbow these guys were just putting on such a great display of of timing and maximizing the drama for a really vociferous crowd and and I thought that was a, a real feat considering there wasn't the, the classic babyface come back and near fall here. Tai Chi was nowhere near getting the black from Mephisto. They didn't even tease it. Like the story instead was that he was getting comprehensively outstruck a, and outclassed by a superior opponent. But they somehow managed to make Tai Chi look courageous and at leave with his pride intact by you know him rejecting the referee stoppage at the ends. So it gives Osprey a dominant bounce back win and makes him look like a killer. With Tai Chi's lifeless body being carried from the ring, but also you know Tai Chi looks like a really courageous hero in the process, even though he lost. And it's not easy to do that. I just thought this was a really brilliant match. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, the one thing that I that I, when watching this match, um, and not to tie in clap crowds again and and cheering crowds again, but you know, this was one of the first times where, you at least I felt like they were working a match. Like, you're always looking for crowd reaction, right? And you're always looking for, okay, like, what is the crowd into, right? I mean, that's kind of their job. So uh, that's very hard to do when no one's cheering and no one's, you know, there's no noise and there's. But this was like one of the first times where, and again, it's one of the first cheering crowds, but. Like, it was so refreshing to see them work this match and not just go through a match in their mind of, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Let's do this. Let's do that. Like, it felt like it was a match where they had a general blueprint and then they were working off what the crowd was responding to. Um, And that, uh, like, I was just like, oh, like, to me, that means we're back you know when we talk about just hearing the crowd okay great but the 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 performers in the ring the wrestlers in the ring the athletes in the ring hearing the crowds again and being able to work a match to that like in 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 concert with that is was so refreshing and so fun and so like that's where i felt like we're back um one day Tai Chi's going to get those wins because he's a guy that fucking brings it every time. Like I know we're trying to get a, like a reboot here of, of all these guys from Suzuki. If like to me, Tai Chi's the guy. Tai Chi is the guy um, along with Zach. Don't get me wrong, but he's the guy that is going to, uh, I just here's a problem I have. I have a problem with like they stuck a bunch of guys together, right? And they're and they're leaning into that with their name. I just don't want them to be fucking mid card fodder. You know what I mean? Like I I, I that's my only concern. But I think twenty three and even twenty four is going to be the year of Tai Chi.
2: All right, so if you have the book, what is Chi ceiling? Are we talking like a IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, or are we thinking like a, a maybe a New Japan Cup winner, like occasional title challenger? Oh, I would have no problem with it. cup. Yep, a cup winner.
0: I would have no problem with uh, TV title. I would have no problem with never title. I would have no problem with US title don't I don't know if I'm willing to go out on a limb and say big boy belt but any one of those others I I would have I would I would have not only zero problem I am looking forward to when it happens how about that
2: Man, uh, tai Chi, that's going to be my forever victory lap. Just go back yes. to the, the Cartwell death matches, yes. And of course, you know, he's, he's definitely evolved as a wrestler since then. But uh, I, I could see it that he had the potential for, for greatness in him, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure if the company shares that. Uh, um, you know, the, 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 the I don't know if he's a draw, basically. I mean, I'd have to look into the numbers. I know this night didn't sell as well as the second night. How much of that you put on Tai Chi, I don't know, but uh. Definitely one of my favourite wrestlers to watch and someone who just gives 100% in the ring every time. And just the, the evolution of him as a character and as a wrestler is just, it's breathtaking com- compared to the guy that we were watching in 2017. And I was enjoying back then, you know, for different reasons, but just the, the way that he has changed and, and wrestlers should not be static like that. And you see how much a guy can improve over that period of time, which I suppose is a, an appropriate way to transition into discussing the main event of this match, of uh, this show, rather, which was Tetsuya Naito defeating Shota Umano, 32 minutes and 11 seconds. Now, look, this, this was a tough job to follow Osprey and Taichi, who had a, a really hard-hitting, emotional match. We had the hometown hero, as I mentioned, and the crowd did not get anywhere near as hot for this as they did with the semi-main. And look, let's be honest, let's call it what it was, th- this was not a great match. However... I don't think it was a bad match. I see a lot of people, I think, overreacting to this and and really sort of knee-jerk reactions, trying to throw Shota to the walls here. Uh, uh, people panicking about Shota Umino. So look, I think it's important we stop and take stock of what we've got here. Shota, he looks the part. He's got the body. He's got the hair. The gear. He's a hunk for sure. I don't think he's doing anything wrong per se. I think for the most part, he's executing all the moves. Well, you know, touch of sloppiness with the more complex manoeuvres, but he's showing passion and he's showing heart. But the 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 gaps are there. The flaws are there. It all feels a bit too polished. And, you know, it's ironic given his moniker as the rough rider, but he'd benefit from from having a few rough edges. You know, dare I say, a bit of an originality, a sense of self. Like if you had to do the elevator pitch for Shota Umino and describe him to someone who didn't know him, what would you say? Like, who is Shota Umino? Because he does look like a composite of other wrestlers. And I hate to say it, maybe you should listen to what what Muto-san had to say with regards to not copying others. But, you know, I'm not even saying Shota is deliberately trying to mimic something specific about other wrestlers, but it, it feels like he has yet to really define his character like why is he the roughneck what does that mean how is that reflected in his wrestling what motivates this guy aside from the obvious and these are all really basic but I think very important things that need to be figured out before a wrestler can really connect with the crowd. and, and Shota absolutely failed to connect with the crowds here there's there's no denying that but on the other side it took some hall of fame wrestlers a long time to work out those things after many failed attempts. So Very true. I'm by no means saying that uh, a show to, is a bust or that it's time to sell your stocks, But he's on a journey. He still has a long way to go to prove he belongs at the top table. I think he'll get there. I'm optimistic. So I'm just asking fans to be patient with him, even if he isn't living up to whatever expectations you may have, considering his colleagues that his, you know, his appearance may remind you of. This is a challenge that Renderita also has ahead of him, and, and it's one that Great Khan was grappling with after his return from excursion. He's figured it out now, but it wasn't something that he did after three matches. You know, these are these are young wrestlers; they're learning every day. They're not the finished article now. They're they're very big shoes to fill when compared to the top names New Japan has been blessed with over the last ten years. And, and demanding that he be, you know, as good as Okada or as good as Naito is silly because. Not only because those guys that like I mentioned are generational talents, but also because it took them a while to, to reach their peak. So, and, and also, right, I think it's important to say, don't be fooled into this fallacy of, of having to have an immediate hot take on these guys where you have to plant your flag and defend that static opinion for years. We have incomplete information here. There's, there's not a race to have the correct assessment of Shota Umano after three matches and anyone saying that they have is lying to you, you know, saying stuff like, Oh, you know, Shoto Umino is, is you never be good enough for new Japan. That's not analysis. That's that's blind squirrels scrabbling around the dirt. It is sensible. It is correct to be tentative. Let your opinions grow and change. As we learn more about Shoto Umino and he learns about himself. And look, the only way you can do that is by having experiences like this, high level matches against high level opponents. Not everyone is going to be an Okada or, or a Jay Wyatt or a, a Hiromu and absolutely kill it from jump street. You know, you could you could count on one hand the number of wrestlers who were blowing the doors off this early on in their careers. And I think what we saw in this match is a young man who looks great. He can wrestle a, a passable New Japan pro wrestling main event. And that's not me damning him with faint praise. I think that's a high bar to clear. I think he cleared it. I don't think it was a bad match. It's absolutely not a match of the year, can it was it's forgettable in, you know, the context of all the other stuff we're seeing from the company. But I don't think it was structured to be, you know, a blowaway match of the year, Canada. Again, like, there were no crazy near-fall finishing sequences. Shota didn't even tease the Death Rider. Naito got a relatively comfortable win here. And, you know, that's how it's been played off by commentary, by Naito, by all the reports saying that, you know, Shota fell well short here and, and let himself down but he got a 30-minute New Japan main event under his belt. Now, should it have gone 30 minutes? Would he benefit benefited from a, a shorter, tighter match? Probably, yes. But again, he needs these reps, and he needs lots of them, both you know, in terms of the, the cardio required to keep up, also the creativity to fill those minutes. And look, this guy had a really rough excursion. It was hamstrung by the pandemic. And again, the, the, his peers that like I've mentioned, like Great Conn, wasn't being asked to go 30 minutes post-excursion. Neither was Ren Narita. So, the bar is higher for Shota because the company expects more from him. And look, and no, he did okay here. This wasn't a disaster that some people would have you believe, but obviously he still has a lot of growing to do, both in terms of his wrestling and his character, if he's going to come close to matching those who've come before him. And, and that's okay. You know, I was just talking about Tai Chi versus Osprey in 2017 compared with Tai Chi versus Osprey in 2023 as an example of how much things can change. And Shota Umino, he's 25 years old, and I think as fans we should manage our expectations. I agree <clears throat> with a lot of what you said.
0: Um, I think the problem that people have, and I don't want to speak for people, but um, I'll throw it out there. The idea of it being a main event and, and, and being in that spot. And I think people have, they don't necessarily take into consideration who's there. Um, and you're right. It's a 25-year-old who's, Oh, well, not for nothing. Like, like earning his keep, he's he's learning on the job. Um, I, I, you mentioned that he's got to forge his own way and he's got to find his own personality and his own. Why am I here? What's the reason for me being here? And I mean, i, I like you can make that same argument with Ren. It feels like. Um, You know, like, here's how people are describing it. He's a dollar store at this point, you know, as a a Joe Lanza term. He's a dollar store Hiroshi Tanahashi. And Ren is a dollar store Shibata. You know, that's those are the first things people are saying. And, and. In some ways, I feel I, that's really unfair. It's incredibly unfair. But in the same breath, that's what people are saying. Um. So yeah, I kind of wish. Look, you can't just snap a finger. Look at Naito. Naito went fucking what years doing this Stardust? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, you know, with the with the. He uh, looked like he was a. You're not gonna get the reference, but he looked like it was the a fucking, Yeah. A you know, fucking mummer. Um, I wanted him to have like a banjo walking down Broad Street. Um, and it's, you know, and it took time. And it took uh, you know, it it took time. And even when he w- was going that route, trust me, I was one of those dudes, like, what am I watching here? If this guy doesn't care. Why do I care? And then look at what we have. Look at what we got. Um. So I don't even think necessarily that this version of what we have is what we'll have in a year or two years or five years. Like I don't think that it's going to be the same person. I don't think it's going to be the same look and feel and emotional connection. And uh, it's going to be different because I got to be honest with you, it kind of has to be. Um, I don't think there, there's. Any question in anyone's mind how New Japan feels about this guy and what they see as the future of the company with this guy. Uh, he's just got to figure it out. And I think people are projecting five years from now onto him today. And I think that's 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 the really the wrong way to go. Um, was this match tremendous? No. Was this match great? No, was it good yeah yeah it was fine i think people are upset and uh, and cautious and ready to point a finger and be like up yeah he doesn't got
2: it he doesn't have it uh a little quickly a little quickly on this guy i think there are interesting questions to ask about how the company are approaching this we've got questions juice 9100 says tremendous endings to the last two nights in Sapporo. question is about show to umano how long do you think until he's main event ready to the next level do you expect new japan main event to be and let's Groove tonight says umano looked like a million bucks in the ring with osprey and on the forbidden door show but otherwise it's just average at best what does new japan need to do to get the best out of him right now to properly begin building him up and so yeah that's what i'm wondering because what are New Japan trying to achieve with this booking? Because he's had, what, two big singles matches against Will Ospreay and a big singles main event against uh, Tetsuya Naito, and he's lost all of them. He's not even come close to winning any of those. So he's been put in these spots which, you know, it makes me wonder if he's been deliberately set up to fail in a kayfabe sense. You know, is that the story here, that this is a, a guy who has been put in these spots because of nepotism and just is not up to scratch. Because if they wanted to rocket, do the rocket packs, this guy, he would have won at least one of those matches. You know, look what they did with Okada in 2012. He beat Yoshihashi and then he beat Tanahashi and he was the champion after what, two months. So this is obviously not what they're doing with him. This is not them trying to force him down. People start saying, look, this guy's the, the best wrestler on the planet. He's beating everyone. He's losing all these matches. Yeah. So Again, I think a, a lot of the time with New Japan, we as fans fill in the gaps in terms of the storytelling and we project you know, bits of lore and, and nuances and stuff that sometimes are not really there. We do a lot of the heavy lifting. But I think here this is one of the situations where, and again, I hate to use the, the phrase that the WWE fans use, uh, let the story play out. Because like I say, he's lost all three of his main events so far. And I think that... Means something. It does. It means he's. He, it means he's relatively inexperienced, <laughs> you know.
0: And 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 as he should be losing. Um, I think we got a long way to go. You know what I mean? We got a long way to go. This is not a burial. This is you know. This is the first time in the spotlight, even a little bit, a little taste of the spotlight. Uh, we we got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. And I'm going to say this flat out. What we're seeing now will have little to no impact on what we have in two years, three years, five years. I just don't see it. I just don't see it really playing a huge factor. Like, does anybody go back and watch those old Tanahashi matches and think, oh, oh, okay, this guy's going to lead the company. This guy's going to, you know. It took time it took a while, and I know people want to reference Okada being placed in a spot where you know we're 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 going right at it. I think Okada' is kind of one in a million <laughs> to be honest with you um and, and 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 we're not using Jay white as an example, and we're not using great okana as an example uh we're not even using evil as an example. Like, Okada kind of sits alone when it comes to that. Um, again, talk to me in two years. Talk to me in two years, and then we'll have a discussion about, is this guy worth is, – is he worth the squeeze, as the kids would say.
2: Oh, I don't think any kids – All right, let's that. move on. <laughs> 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 let's move on to uh, night two then. I'm going to skip straight ahead to the six match, which is the IWGP Tag Team Championship match, where the champions – Bishamon, Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto successfully defended their titles against TMDK, Shane Haste, and Mikey Nichols. And I was a little bit surprised about this, but as I said in the preview, I think this was a, a no-lose situation. I would have been happy with either team winning. I was kind of leaning towards TMDK getting the win to sort of get establish them as a, uh, this new faction, relatively new faction as a, a serious threat. But actually, I mean, that's not really how New Japan books, books things. I mean, if you look at when United Empire... Were in their Genesis, and they had a load of big singles matches at Wrestling, and they lost all of them. You know, this this is what New Japan does. Like they're not going to give them all the wins straight off the bat. Uh, in terms of the match itself, it wasn't as good as their their tag league match. I felt like they were holding back. I mean, it was a really good match and I enjoyed it a lot, but I, I think they are going to meet again, and I think they've got a better match in them. And actually, I was just happy for Bishamon to successfully defend these titles for a change because we've had too many one and dones with these heavyweight tag team titles. So I like Bishamon a lot and yeah, good to see them retaining, and let's see what they're going to do with the next.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, I was, I was, I even thinking of the preview last week, I was projecting a title change just because I, I, I know you like them. I know, I, I mean, Goto and Yoshihashi do nothing for me. I'm sorry, they just don't. I, I just, they, and even though there are many times where I, I leave watching a match and it's like, oh, it was a good match. Yeah, it was good. But I I don't know. I just there's something that just does not connect with me. And I'm I, I like and at this point I don't even know why. I just maybe it's just years of being <laughs> just subject to to what we had. I think it's hard for me to and I'll sit here and talk about it all the time. Like, oh we gotta put some respect on his on their names and blah 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 I should do that, <laughs> but I have trouble doing it. Uh, I thought the match was okay. I didn't think it was – I don't think it was great. I thought it was good. Uh, I would have loved to have seen a title change here, but all right. I, I we'll live another day, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, Michael CC's asked uh, something I just talked about before. Are you in any way concerned about New Japan's two new factions coming out of Dash? uh, So just four guys in TMDK winning one out of four big matches in Sapporo. How do you feel about the groups and where do you want them to land on the cards? And yeah, as I said before, I don't think it's any reason to panic. I think with these new factions, usually it takes them a while to establish themselves in the pecking order for New Japan. Like I said, with United Empire, it took them quite a while to actually start stacking up prominent wins. So it's going to take time for them. I think TMDK will get there. I, I'm pretty sure TMDK will win those tag titles at some point in this calendar year. Just for guys I'm less sure about, I would love Taichi to be winning a singles title. I think it would be great for Kanemaru and Doki to win junior tag titles. I don't think Takamichi is going to win anything. And Kevin Kelly was talking actually on commentary that he feels that they need to add at least one more heavyweight to the mix. So I don't think this is the faction in its finished form. I think there's a few moves and, and shakes to be happening in the next few months. But, I, you know, I don't think it's anything to worry about that they didn't win so many matches this Can weekend. I,
0: I got to be honest with you. I, I'm i really not a fan of... We break up one faction and now we have, what, three new ones? Hey. <laughs> okay. I'm tired of factions. Yeah. <laughs> we have. To I know, I know, I know you factions. hate
2: the factions. But I will say this, like New Japan, they have a, an enormous roster uh, of wrestlers. You know, not necessarily full-time contracted guys, but just if you look at the, all the people that have appeared on New Japan branded shows over just the last 12 months, it's a, a huge uh, embarrassment of riches in terms of talent. So I think, again, I'm going to wait and see and see how these uh, factions are filled up. At the moment, it does look ridiculous that, you know, we've got three factions that have like three slash four people in them. Like right. it, it looks very silly at the moment. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think I definitely agree. I, I understand your skepticism, but, um,
0: yeah. I, right I mean, seriously, I, we have, I mean,
2: uh, uh,
0: uh, <laughs> Bullet Club, House of Torture, Chaos, uh, uh, TMDK uh f- just four guys. Uh who am I missing? Uh Losingo Bernabolis. Uh, who else? Uh uh, Huntai. Yeah, Hunt- yeah, yeah. Okay, that's seven. Uh Team who- Filthy. I didn't Team Filthy. Um United Empire I haven't even said. Dude, that's nine. Nine. <laughs> nine factions. And I'm sure we're forgetting somebody. Right?
2: It's it's sad. Straight dog me. Straight. I mean, do they count? I don't they know. They don't appear in Japan, but they still count.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean, though. But it's just like, oh my god, do we? Like, we're so, I, four is plenty. <laughs> four is plenty. Uh, we have nine right now. And again, I, 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 do we miss anybody? Uh, maybe we did. It's it's a little much. I'm just gonna say it's a little much. I'm a, I'm a little over all these fucking factions it's out, of here, out of control
2: we did have a message from andrew who said no mention of bad dude tito in the new tmdk entrance video oh. none on the faction chart that he shared has even quietly phased out and who do we write to to complain about this now no i think the good news is that zach explicitly said uh, in his post-match promo that uh, T- uh bad dude is still part of the faction however he says that. Badu Tito needs to change his name to something more British or Australian. So I asked for some suggestions on Twitter. Uh, Tom Lawler actually ch- chimed in. He says, uh, skanky Bogan Tito. That's there you a good go. one. Uh, and Eva, formerly of Voices of Wrestling, says, Bad Mate Marmito. Ma- <laughs> Hard Bloke Tito. Bad Bloke Tito. Beans on toast. <laughs> I love that, that one. Like, I'm a beans on Tito. Oh, yes. I want
0: the beans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
2: That's uh, at Dustbuster, beans on toast. Uh Proper Naughty Tito. Uh, David Jones or John Smith. Bad Bloke Tito. Bit off though, innit? E, Tito. Tito Dundee. Shitbag Tito. Troubles oh. Tito. Tip top, tip top Tito. Horse on Tito. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the one that Zach suggested himself, sick cunt Tito. Wow. So we'll see <laughs> about, which one of those. I like.
0: How about this one? How about this one? Meat pie Tito. Right. <laughs> Meat pie Tito.
2: Yeah. Come on, that's quite good. Tito. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, no need to panic. Tito is is going nowhere. Well. I hope. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on then. Uh, so um, the do, 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 where am I? Oh, seventh match, NJPW World TV Championship match. Uh, champion Zach Sabre Jr. successfully defending against the challenger Tomiko Ishii. Uh, look, we've seen plenty of matches between these guys before, but I think this one really kicked into gear in the last five minutes where the time limit stipulation added the, the sense of urgency that it advertised. You know, they ended up doing some crazy mm. stuff like we had Ishii busting out the Yoshi tonic. And you don't often see Zach doing those sorts of crazy finishing sequences, so it was really fun, really exciting, and I think proof of concept of this TV title. Like that, it's something different, isn't it? That when it's a you get that ten minute call and things just really kick into that extra gear that you know we don't usually get in these top tier. New Japan matches. Usually we're going, you, know, you can sort of not pay attention until you hear like the 25 minute call and then, okay, right. 25 minutes. Okay. Now I'm going to start watching it. But, uh, I really enjoying these, uh, NJP world TV championship matches. I thought this one was uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. I hate the
0: title. Uh, I love the concept. Well, and, and, especially for those two guys, like I, I don't necessarily want to see a 20 minute, 30 minute Ishi match. Um, I like I like a nice, nice compact, no all stake, no sizzle. You know these type of matches, they're great. Uh, the, the 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 time limit does add an extra element of urgency uh, that you don't get in other matches. That okay, I know, I understand we're telling a story. I understand we we got you know, thirty minutes, <laughs> like this is fantastic because you know it's going to be a sprint. You know it's going to be good you know everything's going to mean something um and and again if the if they're, they're they're it's they got to beat the clock so that's adds an extra element of urgency um and and it makes it so that you're right you you can't turn away from the television like you can't look at your phone like the, the you got 15 minutes you can handle that like but you and you know there are spots in in plenty of other matches where it's like, okay, they, they're they grabbing a hold. I'm going to go check, uh, you know, my email or whatever. Uh, you can't do that here. And I do like that. I I And I would say that this match, this might have been my favorite match of the weekend. Not going to lie. Might have been my favorite along with the the junior tag.
2: Well, I think I would say. I would like to see some fresh new challenges for that because, you know, normally this is supposed to be a title for younger wrestlers. <laughs> right uh so far it, it's you know 40 year old
0: 40 year olds aren't young
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, but however zach has uh laid an open challenge for battle in the valley to the la dojo guys so you know it'd be great to see someone like Alex coglin or gabe kidd come out and yeah you know, they could have a, a banger as the kids would say uh, the positive wrestling fan says do you think the njpw world tv title could be like the 90s ic title kind of the workhorse title that ZSJ match was great. And yeah, it should be that. It should definitely be that. So I just think, you know, let's get some, you know, random select challenges. Let's, you know, throw in a, a, a Robbie Eagles or a, a Titan or a TJP or Kyle Fletcher. Let's go crazy with it because, you know, I don't want it to just be established, older mid-carders. You know, we've done that. We've seen Zach wrestle those guys a million times. Let's, let's see something fresh. Let's see something different.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. But I will say this. Isn't that what the KOP title is?
2: Look, this is a, an ongoing problem for New Japan. And I'll shout out someone here that is going to annoy a lot of people on our Discord. Uh, uh, for Well, I say friend of the show, Forrest, who did a video about the sort of New Japan philosophy towards titles. And his point was basically that there isn't a plan and they just keep changing their minds all the time. And he's right because the identity of these titles just keeps flip-flopping. Like they'll introduce a new title and say, and give it a sort of mission statement, right, this is a title for this. And then after a year it's completely changed. And it just seems that they, they are very fluid in a way that seems sort of quite haphazard. So let me try and articulate this a bit better. So we've used to have the intercontinental title, which was, the secondary title for main eventers to feud over who are not involved in the the heavyweight title scene. Now that's gone. And we have the U S title, which was supposed to be originally for, you know, for the U S expansion, but now the U S title is fulfilling that role for, the main eventers who are not doing anything in the main in the world title scene. Now the US title is now where the IC title was. Are you with me so far? I'm with you. Then we had we had the never title, which was for mid-carders to have that, you know, sort of hard-hitting, faster work rate title. So that was the never title. And now that has become the TV title. The TV title is the the shorter sort of 15-minute banger title whereas the never title i don't know what the never title is anymore right. it's the the absentee foreign wrestler <laughs> title right <laughs> right 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 that's that's exactly Yeah, i'm sorry you're on a Did roll do you see what i mean yes. is, well this is what i'm saying that they introduce these titles and say this is what the title is for and then you know two years later it's it's something completely different and they've lost interest in it and there's a new title so
0: you know um, why because yeah. one human being can't book seven titles effectively That's really what it comes down to. I hate to say it. And and that was always a thing. Like you always talked about how, you know, this company always treated the heavyweight title with just this, you know, it was the, it was the most well booked title. Um, I mean, seriously, how do you fucking book seven titles and have everything be somewhat meaningful and, and, and keep in the, in the lane. It's fucking impossible. Right. And, and, and
2: t- yeah, two years on from them getting rid of the IC title, uh, merging it with a heavyweight title, and then getting rid of the version 4 belt and introducing the new belt. Can, can you give me one good reason why they did that? No. No. I, I, I don't know. Because not for nothing, you got rid of one,
0: you added three. <laughs>
2: it's like the hydra every time you get rid of one belt another three pop up
0: i'm serious
2: jesus christ
0: (laughs) you know what i mean like like what was the like uh, help me out here what was the i know the whole storyline of combining the title of the one fucking championship and like why why was that done help help me understand
2: like in hindsight why was that done I don't know. Right. There's, no, there's no reason for it. I thought it was to try and streamline the titles, but then, then there's the strong title, and then there's KOPW, and then there's the TV title. It's just, they, they don't what? know what they're doing.
0: They're, they don't know they're what making they're
2: doing. they up as they go along.
0: They really do. They really fucking do. Um, and then, and again, that's over and above, like, your normal tournament wins. You know what I mean? Like, your New Japan Cup, or your G1, or your World Tag. Like, there are so many fucking titles in this company, so many factions. Uh, like I'm gonna throw it out there. Like one, it's impossible to book. I'm so I, I book everything effectively. and again, stay in your lane of what these things are for. Two, okay, the committee, if you will. now you have 900 voices that are talking about seven different titles and nine different factions. It's too much can we we I, I, look i understand during the pandemic that we had factions overseas and there was shit going on on impact and there was shit going on uh, 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 troubling times i get it can we streamline this fucking promotion a little bit because look <laughs> we got a lot of meaningless nonsense we got a lot of meaningless shit that people aren't going to care about I'm sorry. There's only they're not when you when you have seven things that you need to care about, you care about honestly two of them.
2: And I'll just remind you now that they've recently converted the KOPW trophy into into a belt as well. Right, (laughs) right. It's no
0: longer the dinky, you know, the participation trophy. It's the yeah. They actually have it, and it's blue. It's like a blue leather belt. Um, Right. I mean, am I out of my mind with this? I don't think I am. I think I'm really on point with this.
2: No, I, I, when it comes to titles, New Japan is like a dog barking at cars driving past.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's too much. I'll just let's leave it at that. It's too
2: much, too fucking much. All right, the main event then was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match where the champion, Hiromu Takahashi, successfully defended against Yo. Sorry, I can't give you time for this because they're not up on the website. They're not up on Cage Match. So uh, how long did this match go? About 29 minutes, I believe it went. And I really like this one. I was dreading having this going, you know, 30 plus. It was a, a bit long, but I thought they filled up the time well. And I think Yo has been really revitalized by this tag run that he'd have with Leo Rush. He seems like a changed man. He's full of energy. And the crowd really got into him here. And I think this is a, a big feather in his cap. He can do the big New Japan main event style match. However, go we've got to look at what what's next for go, Because this is a guy who's 35 years old. So I'm asking myself, first of all, you know, what's his ceiling? Has the ship sailed on him being an ace of the division? I think it has. But however, I will say I think there's enough upside there for a title run. You know, six-month title run maybe a best of the super juniors win there, you know, throw that into the mix as well. However, the division still feels a bit stale for me. Hiromu's champion doesn't, is not doing much for me at the moment. So I hope we do get some fresh challenges and we're not just sort of cycling through the same five or six guys who have been doing past the parcel with it for, for the last three or four years. But um, for the match itself, I was really into it. I thought they did a very good job here.
0: Yeah, um, I think they did okay. They did well. Um, yo, w- like the words coming out of your mouth, thirty-five. <laughs> Isn't that amazing?
2: Amazing, right? Did you go Yeah, uh, I mean, I think I think that would that would probably shock a lot of people because. You- you know, this yeah. is a guy who has basically been spinning his wheels in junior tag hell since he <laughs> re-debut from excursion, and that that time goes quickly, man. And I've been saying it. that uh, fortunately, it seems that New Japan are reassessing the speed at which they do this excursion stuff. But again, now, having said that, now everyone's looking at Shota Uman going, "Oh, he's not ready." You know, send him back on excursion. So, <laughs> right? Uh,
0: <laughs> look, he's ready. He's he's like Shota is where he he should be. How about that? Like in his development, he's exactly where he should be. And, and, and I'll go so far as to say he's probably ahead of where he should be. Um, but he's not, you know, he's not like leading the company again. Talk to me in three or five years. Yo, on the other hand, <laughs> what do you do with him? Like, what do you do with him now? Okay. He lost. Like, that's why it was like, just give him the title. Give him the title, and let him see what he can do with it. Like, shoot or get off the pot. Um, the match was fine. Like, I, I'm not complaining about the match. I'm, I'm more questioning. Okay, you didn't give him the title. Now what? Now what do we do with this guy? I have no idea what you do with the guy. I, to me, he is going to be floating around in six man tags. Like he's going to be, I don't know. Oh, he's already aligned with Taguchi, <laughs> you know? So uh, that's what he's going to be. He's going to be
2: that kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> Are you enjoying Taguchi doing the the Ghetto impersonation? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's really good. It's fucking great. I, I look forward to it every week. And his, and his playbook and his uh, how to beat. <sighs> Life's good, right? Well,
2: maybe then. that uh, uh, Yo is going to follow the trajectory of the Rainmaker and he's going to dominate the junior division oh for Lord. the next decade nope <laughs> no, i agree that, like they should have put the. i, I was a bit deflated when hiromu won because i was getting behind yo and i was you know chatting to people on the discord as it was happening and we we're all like yo he's gonna do it come on let's go yo and then everyone was like ah right and you know it's a shame they've made us feel that way towards hiromu and i don't what are we waiting for with yo why why can't he have the belt now great Listen, you go through the
0: lineage of that fucking title. There's, there's been some. There are people that are ten thousand times worse than Yo. The fucking belt. Let him, let him see what he could do with it. Um, and again, the, it gives him something to do, and it lets him work with top talent and get even better. I don't, I don't see a downside of giving him that title. And, and then, look, you have a lot more options with Horomo than you do with Yo, in my eyes. Give
2: him the fucking title. Let him, let him, let's Let see what he can do with it. But Well, I, I'll tell you why I think it is. I think uh, as the restrictions are lifted, they don't trust Yo as a draw. They are putting it on Hiromu as a safe, reliable person who can move tickets.
0: Okay. Can I ask you a question?
2: I, is- don't, I don't think that's
0: the right no, move, personally. That, I mean, um, there's that, that title's not drawing, period. I mean, this is not fucking... Liger and El Samurai. Right? like who who in the past 2 years has that title? Would you consider a draw?
2: Well, aside from Hiromu. Yeah. Bobby uh, Eagles? Despie? does okay. I think he's uh Would you think he's a draw? He well, over. you know what? Here's what it is. At, like at like
0: best of the junior finals, right? I mean, that's they're Um, They're expected to fill the house, and Yo's been in that position, right? So why not give him the belt?
2: Yeah, I agree. Belt him up.
0: Yeah. What I mean, I mean, you put him, you put him on the the spotlight junior event of the year. He's the one that you know. Him and Hiroma were the ones who had to like bring the house. That that didn't seem like it was a disappointment. Give him the fucking title. All
2: right, well, that was a new beginning in Sapporo. Chris says, based on how good the last three matches were last night and tonight, would this have been better as one night or did them doing two nights allow each of the matches to get more of a spotlight? We would say that junior year. tag match have been as good as if, if it went on third instead of sixth?
0: Every year we say the same thing. Yes, yes, it would, but they have three houses instead of one. It's really, I mean, that's the best I can give you. Yes, the card itself would have been great if it were just one. You got three houses out of it. And so you're spreading the peanut butter a little thin. Yes, but you got three
2: sandwiches. Uh, Nick says, thoughts on if Naito is still a thirty-plus-minute main event guy. I know Umino being green didn't help. But I also felt underwhelmed with his match against Keno, and I'm slightly dreading that he and Muto are going to go thirty minutes too. Oh, they're
0: going a long time. Uh, I guarantee that's not going to be a ten-minute match. Uh yeah, he could still go. You don't think he could? What do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I think he's a thirty-minute guy.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, he had some incredible matches last year. Uh, The Osprey matches, the Okada Trilogy, uh, the Zack match in the New Japan Cup. No, he's... And even the the Yabushi stuff, you know, know, going going back. back, Yeah,
0: Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, Yeah, I'm with you. All
2: right, let us preview the new beginning in Osaka, which Ah. will take place next Saturday, February 11th. Uh, This is a really interesting one. So uh, let's go through the card here because something's up i smell a rat oh i wonder if you would agree with me but all right let's go uh, so first match is oscar loiber and Torriano against Aaron hanari and great okan so hanari's coming off the back of what sounds like a very well-received match on Tamashi. so i'm looking forward to seeing that one and it, i actually i've really enjoyed the oscar loiber against great okan singles matches on the sapporo shows i realized that was something we'd lost in the clap crowd era, which was the underdog babyface heat for a young line. And I thought Greto Khan worked really hard to sell the near submissions in the Boston Crab. Not something we often get in a young line versus established mid card match. So, uh, you know, good to see Greto Khan getting his uh, secondary move, getting a win, well against the young line. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see what the direction is. I mean, I don't know when we're seeing Jeff Cobb again, but maybe this could be a launching point for uh, the Holy Seaman Army to be... <laughs> launching themselves back into the uh, tag team type mix. I don't know. That's that's my feeling. I mean, Obviously, Hanari and Greta are kind of picking up the win here and maybe that's leading to more action in the tag division.
0: He's got the longest limbs I've seen in a human
2: being. Doesn't he? No? Yes? I, I haven't really thought about that. Now I'm sort of thinking about it. Yes, there's something sort of quite ape-like about him, isn't there?
0: It's the, he has the longest arms and the longest legs and the shortest torso and his head doesn't fit his body. <laughs> right he's the weirdest like body shape like he's like a he's like if you took steven regal and you like and steven regal was like a stretch armstrong and you just pulled his arm and pulled his leg (laughs) like and his torso stays the same like he's just weird looking like like he's almost like nobody reminds me of like body wise is akira maeda like he has that similar uh, but maeda was like thicker but he has, like, these just these long limbs and long arms, and I just couldn't I couldn't stop looking at him. Fucking unbelievable. Uh, okay, I'm sorry, kid.
2: <laughs> no, that was it. it was great analysis, great preview there for the match. Uh the second match is a eight-man tag match with Taguchi, Tiger Mask, Shota, and Honma against LIJ, so Bushi, Hiromu, Sonata, and Naito. So this one is worth keeping an eye on for the Sonada losing streak, which continued, so he ate uh, another pin in a match where Bushi was right there, but uh, yeah, Sonada he keeps losing, so I don't know if this is something that's necessarily going to come to a head in this match, but I don't know, I'm thinking he might be eating another pin here. Yeah, I mean, he's been eating a ton of them, hasn't he? I mean, that would be fucking wild, because if this is a match that has Taguchi and Tiger Mask and Honma and Bushi in it, if (laughs) Sanada is the guy who gets pinned, then
0: yeah Something's up yeah yeah i think i think you're watching that match for that like if it honestly of all those names you mentioned they can't lie down and he's lying down there's got to be a reason so yeah keep an eye on that
2: <laughs> he's eating a
0: kokeshi <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great i would cheer i would jump out of my couch
2: all right a third match then is a singles match between master watto and titi ishimori so i'm a card carrying member of the watto fan club here and Obviously, this one is quite interesting because Ishimori was the junior champion, but did not get directly pinned or submitted to lose that. So he has a, a rightful claim to be aggrieved and want a shot at the junior title. But I'm still waiting for Watto Mania. I'm holding that hope. I'm thinking Watto gets a big win here and challenges Hiromu, beats him, wins the title, re- revitalizes the junior. I can just imagine your face now, and it's making me laugh. Oh, my God. Um. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. If we were uh, FaceTiming, you would get definitely get a laugh. Um. I'm worried about this match. Imagine if Ishimori goes into this as sandbagger, sandbagging Ishimori. Oh, like <laughs> this could be this could be a oh fucking a wild ride. Watcho. Look, I know you're a card-carrying member. This is a this is this is gonna be something. This is gonna be something. I'm gonna set the bar at uh three stars. Does it go over three?
2: Yeah, I think wow. it will go over three. I mean look, this is the third match on an eight match show. So let's not go crazy. I mean, I'm not saying this is gonna steal the show and be a match of the year candidate, but you know, it's going to get about... Well, I say, you know, it's, it, this could be an angle. These are very low on the cards. So this is why I'm saying something is up here because the fourth match is Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenta, which is a match that co-main-evented Tokyo Dome.
0: Yeah. And
2: they buried it fourth match on an eight-match card. Something is going on with Bullet Club. And... I oh, know, Krusty is coming, Krusty is coming. But... <laughs> there there must be a reason why they are having these two singles matches, which could and maybe should be higher up. You know, that could be doing something on the, uh, yeah. Yeah. And they've put it behind a six man match, which does not have a title on the line at the moment. It's behind Hikaleya and Jay. It's behind Tamatonga and ELP. And obviously those matches have high stakes, but I just think that there's something bubbling under with, ishimori and kenta and elp and jay white like i feel there is a reason why these two singles matches have been put so low on the card i don't know what it is it's a good point honestly it's a good point
0: um i think this entire show though that's the that's the hook for a lot of people watching this is it does feel like this is the show and if it's not phew then i'll never talk about it again I, I promise you I'll never mention it again if it doesn't happen here I'll never mention, it.
2: yes, yeah, but moratorium on the bullet club civil war if if this show ends with you know oh hikolo loses Hikolo's kicked out of Japan, and just everything is fact how it is then yeah the, the bullet club civil war is banned from the discourse,
0: yes, absolutely correct that let, let's let's let so so we're talking about loser leave Japan loser. Leaves podcasting. <laughs> if it happens, great, we talk about it. If it doesn't
2: happen, we'll never speak of Lisa it again. Leaves the Leaves New Japan World subscription. <laughs> right, exactly. Correct. But I, I don't know what the play is here. I don't know if this is like Ishimori and Kenta picking up, you know, dominant wins here to make themselves look powerful to, you know, some sort of coup later on in the night. I I don't know what it is, but I just think it's a, a weird choice to have them solo down Tanahashi versus Kenta, I don't know, I, I have no idea. I think, I'll, I'll say Kenta to win, He's you know, get his win back because he got fucked up in the Tanahashi match uh, with that big table spot in the Tokyo Dome. So, yeah, I just think he will win and he's going to play some significant role later on in the evening. Okay, I'm,
0: I'm with you. Uh, I mean, I I, I, I'm, I might go a different route maybe like, interference at backfires or some shit you know i don't know but um yeah it is telling that it is so low on the card so
2: i'm with you i'm with you on it all right fifth match then is Ren red narrator el desperado and Minoru suzuki against show yujiro and evil so at the time of recording this is not for the never six-man titles but i suspect it will be yeah because that is the angle that they've been Pushing like show and you drone an evil saying they're not going to defend the titles anymore. And Suzuki says he wants them to defend the title. Although it was really funny actually on one of the, the Sapporo matches when <laughs> House of Torture came out and the lights went off. Uh, Chris Charles said, Get the Mountain Dew, which is a, a fun little dig at the uh the what was it, the blackout lights out whatever fucking nonsense they did at the Royal Rumble. That was very funny. I don't even, uh, I mean get a actually- reference. What was it? Uh, there was a, a Mountain Dew branded match at the WWE Royal Rumble show. A mounted what? M- Mountain Dew. You know, the soft drink Mountain, Mountain Dew. A Mountain Dew? I was like, a mounted, mounted what? Mountain Dew, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mountain Dew, yeah. There yes. was a, a Mountain Dew pitch black match between Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight where oh. it was all dark and there were neon lights and it was all spooky. Didn't they do and that so, with,
0: before? Didn't they make that same mistake before with the red lights? Like, they had that match uh, with like Bray Wyatt, was it? Or... Yeah, sure, what, what why is it not? With the lights? <laughs> what is it with the lights with them? Come on. Oh, so Chris mentioned Mountain Doe?
2: Yeah, yeah, he was uh, poking in front of them, which got wow. a chuckle out of me. But uh, I mean, I think this Suzuki House of Torture thing is quite an interesting, quite an unusual dynamic because House of Torture, they're basically 2017 suzuki Gun reborn. And th- th- just the little moments during Sapporo of Suzuki setting up Ren, you know, almost like a test, like sizing up, first of all, to see if he's worthy of his mentorship and also showing Ren what he can gain. Uh, and we have backstage, Suzuki was saying to him, and you know, I'm everything you want to be. He's talking that he's absorbed the, the essence of Inoki and Fujiwara and Gotch and Maeda and uh, Takada. So Ren accepted his offer at the end and hugged it out with Suzuki and so they're all on the same page now. You know, they're, maybe they're going to be just three guys. <laughs> it's another faction for you, Damon. Right. Uh, I don't know what the end game is. This like it would be very cool if it's uh, like a, ultimately we're getting a Ren versus Suzuki match. But um, in the interim, at least, I think these guys are going to be challenging for the six man titles. Are they going to win them? I mean, yeah, the it's House not. of Torture thing probably run its course at this point. I mean, I am enjoying watching them. With a bit more freshness now that the crowd are allowed to boo them, but I quite like the idea of giving this new trio the belts. I loved it. I love them. I love the
0: new trio. I, I love the three guys. <laughs> three guys. Uh, that's that's a sexy. That's a sexy little uh, team there. I like it. I like it. So yeah, I hope there's a title change. And let's again, let's keep in mind we haven't seen this title change yet. So it's got to be one or two, right? Eventually. So maybe this is it.
2: Another question, do you think Show and Yudra and Evil get involved in whatever angle is going down involving the Bullet Club?
0: You know, one of the things that I did notice, and maybe I missed it, but they don't really mention House of Torture with Bullet Club, do they?
2: Uh, it's sort of tenuously... There, it's not in your face, but I think officially they are still a subdivision of Bullet Club, right? Right, but no
0: official split, right? But it's not like it's you know front and center. Um, I hope so. I just want this to start, just so we can stop fucking again. Krusty's coming. Krusty's coming. I get it. Uh, That's what it feels like. So I just wanted to to kick off. And I think they have to be involved, right? I mean they have to be involved. It would be it would be silly for them not to be involved. They gotta be involved.
2: Yes. Again, yeah, my my feeling is that by the end of match seven, we will be seeing Ishimori and Kenta and Sho and Yujiro and Evil and jay white and elp and something will happen that's, that's what i'm going with which brings us on to this <laughs> topic the sixth match which is the loser leave japan match hikolo versus jay white uh, of md lyric says hey guys i'm sorry if this has been asked before but if jay white does re-sign with new japan what else is there for him to do i personally would like to see him go through a slow burn baby face turn but as a new viewer i don't know how realistic it is Uh, The time for that has passed. I think the time to do that was after the Wrestle Kingdom 15 main event when he had that amazing match with Ibushi and the big breakdown afterwards. But the ship has sailed on that and it would still be good if they did it. But I just, I feel that Jay's got one foot out the door. Maybe this is a big swerve. I would love it to be. I love being swerved. I love getting worked. So I'll be delighted if it is, but it just feels that.
0: Well, first of all, Joel, uh, Jay White has an eight-year contract. I don't know
2: if you know that. (laughs) Blue cap, blue cap. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel, you know, we've got these rumors popping up. Oh, WWE are interested in Hikomeo as well. I think that was probably leaked by <laughs> Hikomeo himself. Yeah. Maybe he saw the Jay White rumors and then was just like texting Sean Ross out saying, hey, I, I might go to WWE as well. <laughs> right, right. Stir that in, Joel. But, They're like, Hicko. Yeah. My, <laughs> my, my gut feeling is that Hiculo wins this, maybe with some sort of involvement from other PS. Yes.
0: yes. That's what I'm
2: thinking. That's
0: what I'm thinking, right? Um They they look. I don't know who's losing, to be quite frank. I don't even think that it's definite that Whoever loses is definitely leaving Japan. What about that? What uh, you know? What what do they? What, you know? Maybe they have another fucking screwy thing. Or listen, we had a match where you couldn't use Mongolian chops. and guess who's using Mongolian chops? Right? They just totally fucking forgot about it. Um, uh, you know that might be something that happens here. Who fucking knows? Uh, because I got to be honest with you, I'm a, I'm in the camp of nobody's leaving.
2: What do you think of that? Nobody's leaving. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's worth pointing out that Jay is still booked for this Battle in the Valley match against Eddie Kingston. So it's not loser leaves New Japan, it's just loser leaves Japan. So it could just be whoever loses is going to continue working for New Japan, but just do it from the US. So, yeah, true. They could do that too. Yeah, they could do that too. But honestly,
0: again, just because he said it and just because that's apparently the stipulation doesn't necessarily mean anyone's going to WWE, okay?
2: Uh, and I'm kind of in that camp. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Seventh match is a never-open-weight championship match with uh, Tamatonka with his first defense against El Fantasmo. So, again, yeah, what's giving me pause here is the order of these matches, the fact that we have... Wait a minute. she supposed to be in bed. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) You to me about Tamatanga versus ELP.
0: Yeah, I got you. Wow. That's a screamer. Uh, Tamatanga and ELP. Yeah, and I think you are right. The the timing of these matches does mean, I think, more than uh, than other shows. I I think, um, look, we've been saying it for a long time. ELP is prime and ready. For uh, a big 2023 20, and maybe even 24, so yeah, I think uh, I want. I would not be shocked to see uh, something going down there, and even Hikaleo could be uh, involved in this match as well. They, look, the, you could be really fucking creative with this. My my issue is is that they tend not to be. In our minds, we overbook this shit. Completely. Now, this is a show that you could. You absolutely could. And you could go wild with every fucking wacky scenario under the sun. But eh, they don't have a, a big history of doing everything under the sun. I don't know. I'm torn. Because because it's there for the taking. That's I think that's the biggest problem. The way this show is is laid out and the card structure and the match layouts and everything there's there's possibilities that a blind man can say to make this really a a an impactful fun uh flag in the sand kinda moment will they do that <laughs> is is the question that everyone has because again, I'm sure everyone listening could come up with scenarios uh that would be probably better than what we're going to see <laughs> uh, if I'm being brutally honest. Uh, but it's there for the taking. And I think that's where frustration lies with a lot of people when it comes to New Japan booking stuff like this. They've had plenty of time. They've had literally years to figure it out. Will they do it is is the big issue. Will they do it is the big problem. And uh, Again, they have a history of not going super crazy, pardon the pro wrestling pun, uh, when it comes to stuff like this. So, If you're looking for a show where a ton of wackiness is going to happen, I don't know, I'm kind of talking myself out of it, but again, the
2: possibilities are there. Yeah, this is what I was talking about earlier when I said about us fans projecting stuff onto New Japan that isn't actually there. And, and uh, to be fair, they are heavily hinting at it. But would I be stunned if Jay White beats Hikaleo and then Tamatonga retains his title and then it's just everything as you were with regards to Bullet Club? No. Right. I, dare I say that's maybe the more likely outcome here. However, you know, maybe we're looking at some sort of scenario where ELP Tamatonga. Comes on after Hikileo J. White because maybe J. White tries to interfere in Tamatonga ELP or maybe ELP wins and then he is crowned the new leader of Buddha Club and kicks J. White out of it. Who knows? Like you said, the possibilities are endless. So there's a lot of fun things they could do with it. But uh, I would say expect nothing and then you won't be disappointed. Exactly. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would actually, I think Tamatonga should retain. 'Cause I think he's really good and I'm enjoying his renaissance as a singles babyface guy and um I don't think he got a fair crack at the I don't think he should have lost it in the first place, the Carl Anderson. So I would like to see him actually get a proper run with the title. Uh, And I think the match will be really good as well. You know, this is a big spot, cheering show. Osaka crowd is going to be red hot. They love Tamatonga. I think they're into ELP as well. I think these guys are going to feed off their energy. And I think this could be uh, a sleeper match here. I think this this could be uh, really, really good. Oh, my God. You got to go, right? Come on.
0: He's gone already. (laughs) He makes his point and he runs to take care of a screaming child.
2: Uh, okay, I've got her. She wants She wants daddy. She yes, want of words. course.
0: Of course she does. All right, All right. wrap it up.
2: Well, we, the main event oh. of this show is the... You <laughs> forgot about this. The IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match. Shingo Takagi uh, challenging Kazuchika Okada. Now, Shingo wants it to be a double title match. He wants to put KPW on the line. Okada <laughs> wants none of that shit, despite <laughs> being the guy who actually invented KPW in the first place. Uh I I mean, there's a non-zero chance Shingo wins. I I think most likely thing we're looking at a you know fantastic match in front of a hot crowd where Okada retains and uh, ends up you know going to Battle in the Valley to defend that. You know, maybe against Lance Archer or someone like that. But you know, could it be Shingo winning and he's the new leader of Takagi Club or Takagi Gun?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ten, ten factions. I'm like, I'm like the count. Uh, no, I think Okada wins. I think this is a... I, I think what you have here is exactly what's in front of you. Uh, the possibility of a great fucking match. An incredible match, quite honestly, uh, with Okada winning. I, and, and, and away we go.
2: Uh, George says, given how the year started, any early predictions for New Japan Cup winners? Taichi. I'll go Taichi. I would love to say Taichi, but the thing is they've got to sell tickets for that... Um Sakuragenesis. He's tight to your draw. I don't know. Maybe he's fine. He's he's
0: fine. Him. I'm going him, or I'll go uh if if Jeff Cobb is back, maybe he wins it. Maybe.
2: What about Great O'Connor? Great That's, that's the new crusty is coming. Yeah, that's, the, is that, that is the new crusty is Japan coming.
0: Japan. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Or show to Umino winning the new Japan Cup after a series of really rubbish, boring matches just to annoy everyone. <laughs>
0: now we're gonna we're gonna hold off on that one all
2: right okay i better wrap it up yeah yeah this child to bed and put myself to bed now before i go yes uh, i do have an important announcement here Uh-oh. so this is our friend of the show john who would like me to read this uh announcement that february is teen dating violence awareness month so every february across the united states teens and those Who support them joined together in a national effort to raise awareness to teen dating violence. Dating violence is more common than many people think. In 2022 alone, roughly 1.5 million US high school boys and girls admit to being hit or physically harmed in the last year by someone they're romantically involved with. Teens who suffer dating abuse are subject to long-term consequences like alcoholism, eating disorders, thoughts of suicide and violent behaviour. One in three young people will be in an abusive or unhealthy relationship. 33% of adolescents in America are victim to sexual, physical, verbal or emotional dating abuse. 50% of young people who experience rape or physical or sexual abuse will attempt to commit suicide. This year's theme is Be About It. Be about education, learning about the causes and signs of teen dating violence. Be about engagement, meaning conversing and helping those you may see or suspect may be in a violent situation. Be about safety online, as 70% of harassment comes from social media and about 78% from text and other messaging apps. Be about empowerment, controlling your own life and practicing self-care. By joining together every February, we can spread awareness and stop dating abuse before it starts. You can show your support on Tuesday, February 7th by wearing orange and posting it on social media with hashtag, hashtag orange for love and hashtag be about it. For more information, you can go to www.breakthecycle.org or www.loveisrespect.org or you can contact Freedom House right here in Weatherford, your local crisis intervention centre. So for additional contact, John Enright at min that's J-R-E-A-Z-Y-M-I-N on Twitter or email john at freedomhousepc.org and see how we can help you by providing more information. So an important message there for, uh, what was it again? Uh, teen dating violence. dating
0: violence. Wow. Mm.
2: Yes.
0: That's uh, not good. Okay.
2: No. Uh, and Yes. Oh, oh, the strong log. I forgot the strong log. Oh, my God. What? I forgot to talk about strong. This is the last episode of strong. All right. Well, I the mean. last ever episode, David. This is a huge moment. What? You, you the Strong Along is, is no more. All right, quickly do it. Ahead, she's, she's she's sleeping now. Oh, okay, good. Um, do it. Yeah, she's asleep in my arms. I'm just, yeah, doing <laughs> this holding a sleeping child, which is a... That's is great. it a first of the podcast? I'm sure I've done it before. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is um, the last taping ever for New Japan Strong. So this mm-hmm. was Nemesis, so... It's good, good matches. I mean, Blake Christian defeated Keita seven minutes seventeen seconds with a curb. So I like Blake Christian. He's good, very good in ring. Still, uh, you know, needs to work on his his look and his charisma. Maybe you could get him best of the Super Juniors this year if he plays his card right. I think he's got all the the talent in terms of in ring. Just think he needs to. Be a bit cooler, basically, because he's, he's not as cool as all the cool guys in Best of the Super Juniors. Uh, second match was Mystico defeating Misterioso in 12 minutes, 8 seconds with La Mystica. This was really fun, and uh, not just because their names sound similar. Uh, this was just a really good lucha, good good lucha stuff kind of match. I enjoy watching Mystico... Uh, it's always a treat, and yeah, this is a really fun match. And the third match was a strong openweight championship match with Fred Rosser successfully defending against Peter Avalon in 12 minutes, 8 seconds via the Chicken Wing STF. So Rosser retains, retains the strong openweight championship, will be defending it next against Kenta in Battle in the Valley. And look, the thing about this is Peter Avalon, he's hes a jobber on AEW. He's never on Dynamite. So by picking him as your title challenger, that sends out a message about right. the level of the strong openweight title. You know, I want to see more defences against guys like Kenta and fewer defences against guys like Peter Avalon. But look, as I said, um, this, this is the last ever one. The strong log is no more. Um, so Mitch says, thoughts on the new format for New Japan Strong, that was just announced. So for those of you who don't know, moving forward, uh, all events from New Japan Pro Wrestling in the US will carry the branding of NJPW Strong. In addition, the weekly TV taping format of Strong will shift to a dual model, Strong Live and Strong On Demand. The first Strong Live event Will be battle in the valley which is live on pay-per-view all this action will also be made available in march with njpw strong on demand so that will see matches from strong live delivered in a four-part weekly basis throughout the month much as new japan strong has been to date so basically the model is you either buy the pay-per-view live or you get it for free well i say free you get it on new japan world in four chunks week by week so Multiverse A says, what are your feelings on this era of strong being over? Will we still see some of the American-based talent in this new era, or will it be more of the core roster with the apparent new pay-per-view model? Um, And, yeah, that's my big question as well. I mean, I don't – I'm a little bit iffy about all these new pay-per-views popping up, and I get that it's extra content. It's not like New Japan are taking away stuff that used to be included in the world package and now charging for it. These are all extra shows popping up. And I get that they need to try and make back some money following the pandemic. So I don't have a massive problem with it, um, but it's a, a bit of a slippery slope, isn't it? Nobody's buying that.
0: Do you think anybody's buying that? What, Battle in the Valley? Uh, not Battle in the Valley, because Battle in the Valley will be big for all the reasons that we've talked about before. Like, people will be watching that, no doubt. Um, Like... <sighs> Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with the fact. Like, just put it on New Japan World. It's a New Japan.
2: It will be on New Japan World. This is the thing. So you you either buy Battle in the Valley as a pay per view and watch it live, or you get it in chunks coming on New Japan World. That stinks. That's four not, weeks. not nobody. Why? Like if it, like like
0: I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that, dude. I got to be honest with you. I got to pay
2: extra to watch the show. Why? So what if, so for the other US pay-per-views. Yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot. Like have you paid for them or have you just waited a few weeks until they're up on World? I wait. Well, it's the same thing, isn't it? You just you wait four weeks and then Okay, But, point, where does, but it you're track. right.
0: It is a slippery slope. Where does it end? Is it going to be where oh, pay I don't know, $25 and you'll get all the G1 shows pay yes this is what i'm
2: scared about right you know, if they start charging for things like that or dominion or wrestle kingdom
0: right right every big show there's an extra fee you're nickel and dime people to death <sighs> that's not smart look i don't know I don't, I'm, I'm not i'm not feeling it i'm not feeling the idea that i have to pay extra for uh what is a, sh- a big show like I get that they had this agreement with fight and I get that they had other agreements with other platforms that, okay, we got to pay. But like, I don't know. It seems like we're doing that a lot. seems like we're doing that a lot. Like the Noah show, we had to pay extra. The fucking, the joint show would start. Like, why is this all things we had to pay? Yeah,
2: this junior festival, that's going to be extra.
0: Is it because we're dealing with other promotions? But why would the other promotions give a fuck? I don't know. We got to get some clarity on that. That's I don't it's, it you're right, it is a slippery slope. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Around the corner is going to be, oh, you're gonna have to pay extra for, for G1. Or oh you're gonna have to pay extra for Wrestle Kingdom. Because why wouldn't they?
2: Let's have a, a little eulogy here for oh, Strong then. Or right. Maybe even a eulogy for the, the Stronger Lock itself because it's been a, a big part of my life Daniel, for the last three years. It's been part, part of my routine, you know, watching Strong before I take the kids for their swimming class and be one of the few people on the planet to actually watch it. I was asking what what, what your – I know, you know, you didn't watch it religiously every week. Oh, yes. But what would you say for some of the more memorable Strong moments? For you? Uh, I'll
0: tell you what. For me, being there live seeing Rosser win the title. Um that was pretty great. That was pretty great. Um remember uh oh what was it? Uh, Ross's Rosser's
2: promo that <laughs> they had to mute and yeah. Rocky's face while he was <laughs> yes, all true. those awful things about Tom Lawler. Right. That's probably my funniest moment. But that, yeah, yeah, I think the whole the whole Rosser filthy Tom feud was probably the highlight of the whole thing. I mean, there's some, I asked a, a Twitter thread and people have come through with some just really great moments. Uh, Rise of Ren Narita. So yeah, I mean, for a long time, Strong was basically the Ren Narita project. Mm. Uh, him bleeding all over the place against Juice Robinson. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Kingston against Gay kids, That was a really good one. Kenta versus Moxley. That was a,
0: yeah, I remember that. that uh, shit, yeah.
2: When it was the empty arena days, but yeah. that was a, a tremendous match. Tom Lawler's mega heel run. Yeah. I remember Tom Lawler eating hair. Ugh, so
0: yeah. <laughs> I have a Gabe Kids promo. That was pretty Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty uh emotional. Right? Right. It's
2: um the career renaissance of Fred Rosser in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean it, it it did revive a
0: career that people you know when he first popped in, people were like, What? Who? Are you kidding me? It worked out. Hopefully he, par- he parlays that into some, some. I mean, what are they going to do with the title? They're going to keep the title.
2: I think Kenta might win it. Yeah, I think Kenta would be a, a good choice. So I don't know if Fred Rosser sticks around. I hope he does. I mean, I've I've asked around. Like I'm curious to see what is next for that roster because obviously if they're just transitioning to doing big uh, pay per views in the states, then there's not going to be regular spots for all these guys. Right. And there's nothing concrete yet. I mean, there's an expectation that. The mainstays, you know, guys like Team Filthy, uh, Stray Dog Army, but the guys who've been there a long time are going to stick around. But f- for the rest, I mean, is still training at the LA Dojo, which opens up the door for, you know, more young lines. Kashida's starting to run seminars there, so the guys on the fringe will probably do well to just keep going to the Dojo in case opportunities open up. And I know there's speculation about some kind of partnership with Ring of Honor, so I don't know if they if, if what... As I said, we saw this sort of trickle through of lower tier AW guys working New Japan strong. So maybe that's the future of it. So the the strong regulars who are not going to get the big spots on pay-per-views and the lower tier AW guys filtering in and, and hoovering up the ROH leftovers and just putting them all together on some sort of weekly ROH show. I'd be into that. I'd watch it. You know, if that was a the, the chance for me to see guys like, you know, Bateman and Mysterioso and Fred Rosser and and the like. I'd be into that.
0: Yeah, it's going to be tough sledding, that's for sure. Um, Especially when you have not a lot to that people can sink their teeth into and get into these people. You know, get into the characters. At least with Strong, you could watch them every week. And who knows, you know, how these guys are going to get over now? How many live events are they going to be doing? I don't know. It's, it's weird. I mean, it felt like they created it for the pandemic, and now that the pandemic's gone, they're willing to wash their hands of it. So I don't know. It, it is weird. It is. It it was a big part of, of your entertainment. That is for sure. That is for sure. But yes, we must uh, lay it to rest and uh, bid it adieu. Adieu.
2: Uh, last question, James says, will Arsenal choke? No, we're not going to choke. I'm defiant. I know we lost to Burnley, but oh, all right. Okay, Esther's, Esther's had enough of the podcast. <laughs> all right, <laughs> right <laughs> redsorgold.com forward slash o's forward slash super dash j dash cast. Discord link, DM me on Twitter. At com forward slash super j cast for T-shirts. Thanks, editor Dan. He's on Twitter at Hero 219 Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Other good shows. Five Snake Review on iTunes. Follow us, Twitter, at TheSuperJayCast. Thanks, everyone. Bye.
1: Hey, everybody. My name is Jesse Collins, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On the Gentlemen's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture, and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Craich and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes, it's not a show recapping the latest episode of television.